Sun Breeze Nation, what's going on with you guys, man? Uh, listen, we got Bears pressers to react to, waiting for the Bears to go live for their post-practice uh, press conference. Um, so once we get to that, we'll be uh, reacting to that live on the channel. Also going to be looking at some of the different Bears news that we got yesterday. Justin Fields seemingly continues to impress the Chicago Bears coaching staff every single practice. Also, uh, got an update on Nikhil Harry. We know where he's going to be. And we also have a little bit of an update um, when it comes to the Roquan Smith situation contract-wise. So all that and more on today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Daily Sports Talk. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. As always, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago Bears. How Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Let's go. So we are waiting for them to go live for the press conferences. But until then, a uh, little bit of starter conversation with you guys. Shout out to you guys, first of all, for pulling up and showing love to us, man. Uh, as always, how we start these off. Let me get them Berdans in the chat. Let me get them Berdans in the chat. Come on, Berdan. Yeah, I mean, you got to drop them in there because you know what? Uh, no matter how this organization goes, no matter what we see from this organization, we will forever be... Bears fans, so let's get them Berdans in the chat. Um, yesterday was an interesting day, right? Of course, the Roquan news coming out. Um, don't know where Roquan's gonna end up, don't know how this is gonna go. He's requested a trade, but the Bears seemingly took it as a little bit of disrespect that he went to Twitter, right? The Bears thought that they put a good deal out there. So, how do you respond if you're an NFL franchise? to your player going to Twitter to say he has requested a trade and essentially that he doesn't uh, uh, want to be a Chicago Bear anymore. Well, if you're an NFL franchise, you don't go to Twitter. Don't uh, don't follow Joe Tsai, uh, 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 or however you say his name, from the Brooklyn Nets on that, right? If you're an NFL franchise, you don't do that. So what do you do? Well, you, uh, you, you tell Adam Schefter, to tell people what you want to hear. And I'll tell you what, you knew it was the Bears responding yesterday to the Roquan Smith situation because he only went on ESPN 1000 for the news initially, right? Um, if you guys don't know, ESPN 1000, the local Chicago sports uh, station. And so Adam Schefter goes on with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday talking about Roquan's contract situation, says he got the contract numbers took it around to multiple other teams to see what they thought about the contract that the Chicago Bears had offered Roquan Smith. And the response that he got from multiple front office offices is that, wow, that is a really good contract offer. That is a really good contract to take. We wouldn't have offered him that deal. That's kind of impressive. I don't know why he's turning it down. Now, here's the thing, right? This could be, hey, leak this for us. We'll do this for you. But this is essentially the Bears responding to Roquan Smith saying that 
we're not going to go to Twitter. We're going to go to the media, just like we're we a, a major franchise would do, right? And and we're going to drop this with Adam Schefter. Everybody knows Shefty. They know Shefty's not going to put out a bad story. So now, question on the table: Do you feel like the Bears did offer Roquan Smith a good contract, and Roquan's just not willing to play ball with the Chicago Bears? Uh, from what we heard from Shefty yesterday, as well. The Bears have played ball and have been kind of willing to work with him on this. Uh, now, that part, right, I don't know, right? That could be just Shefty getting that information from the team. I don't know who you would be. Like, it's Roquan and the Bears. It's it, There's no Asian involved. I don't know who they would get that information from. But here's my thing, right? When I'm looking at what this team has or, or where Roquan Smith's situation is here, right, uh, as, as the Bears press conference has started off, uh, I don't know if they're – Live just yet. Let me see here. But I do know, yeah. So Coach Flus at the table now. We'll pause the conversation here and we'll jump back into it in a second here. Uh, as we got Coach Flus at the table. Hold on. If I can get Coach Flus, here we go. Um, uh, injury updates uh, that I have for you. Um, obviously, we all heard that uh, Nikhil Harry had surgery, uh, no timetable to return. Uh, so that's the, the news there. And then David Moore will be out for a bit also. Uh, no timetable to return. He's got a lower uh, leg injury. So uh, those are the two there. And then also the, uh, the Roquan uh, Smith you know, came off a of PUP. Uh, he was cleared by our medical staff as healthy. And uh, he did not practice. And uh, the reason why for that is you have to ask him. So we expect all of our healthy players to practice, and that uh, was his decision. And uh, like I said, you have to ask him. Um, I have not talked to him about it, um, so I have no further comment on that situation uh, from there. Um, the other thing is that uh, we're getting ready for our first preseason game. You know, So we're, we went through substitution review uh, for that, like in terms of like how many, uh, what number of the guys are going to play and all, the, all that. We went through that today, and it's on a case-to-case basis. It's, it's by number of plays. Uh, typically, and uh, again, I'm not going to get in the numbers for each individual player, um, but we, we outlined that today, and we certainly want to see certain guys play together, uh, certain units play together for a certain amount of time, um, and then there will also be players that don't play in the game. You know, So uh, we outlined that this morning at 7 a.m., so we're, we're squared away there. Uh, but what we're looking for there really is you know, logistically – Operating as a football team on game day, right? That's our, this is all our first time together, so we're doing that, you know. And then looking at scheme, you know, is our, you know, the things we're going to operate. And sure, we're going to be basic and simple in our schemes during the preseason, but we want to see how we operate, how those schemes operate. And then really, the big piece of this is the personnel. You know, the personnel piece of this is a evaluating every person on our roster uh, from the last and how they fit in with the Chicago Bears. And that's what our, our big goal is uh, to do that. Um, so uh, with that, I'll open up to questions. And with that, with, with Roquan, what is the plan available to use for you to, to use? Yeah, so that's, to, that discipline really comes from the front office. And that right there will be you know in conversation with that. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of what discipline's there, uh, but we will certainly work through that when the time comes. As a head coach, you, you have one of your faces of your team being openly defiant and not practicing 
How do you handle this as head coach with him, with the rest of the team to, to make sure expectations and standards are set? Yeah, I just think that you go about your business. You, like I said, you treat everybody with respect. Uh, you you uh, coach on the grass, you know, what they got. we are expecting of the guys in the meetings and the, on the grass. And you look at execution. And to me, it's about being respectful to everybody in the building. You know, do I certainly know what Roquan's going through? I don't know. I'm not in his chair. I don't know that. Uh, you know, you never put yourself in another man's shoes. Okay, so his perspective may be something different, you know, and that, that's, that's where he is. And I'm going to be respectful of that. You also said you expect healthy players to practice. Do you expect healthy players to talk to the media? Because you said we have to ask Roquan. Do you expect him to, to meet with us? Um, that's, that's up to the PR department and the rest of the Chicago Bears to, for them to decide that. No, when a guy practices, he should be available to, uh, to talk to the media. So you, you as his supervisor, though, will you require him to come in here and answer questions about this? And, and you said ask him why he didn't practice. Would I require him to, would I require him to? To come in here so we can ask him why he didn't practice. When he's practicing, he's, he'll be available to the media. It's my understanding of the rule. Clarify, since you say he is healthy, any absence from here on out, if he's healthy, is not an excused absence. Um, we'll work through that when we get there. When we get there, ain't we there? You have to ask him. Yeah, you have to ask him. That's, that's what's that? Do you see a benefit in that for him or for the team? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. Even the developments of this week. Am I the only one that thinks we're there already? Bridging the gap here and, and quelling the discord that's obviously very obvious right now. Well, I mean, to bridge any, any gap, you're going to need uh, communication, right? So that's, that's the first step. You know? So I think that's, uh, you know, in any, any, any communication, any relationship, you need communication. So I would just say that. You read like those lines are open? Um, that's going to be with Ryan and, and Roquan uh, to deal with. Is it your understanding that Roquan will not practice unless he has a new contract? Um, I don't have an, that understanding one way or the other. I don't know. You have to ask him. This morning, did you think that there was a possibility of practice because he was deemed healthy? Yeah. I ex like I said, I expect all the healthy guys to practice. Guys like sending out practice that are healthy, right? I mean, so like you could have six or seven guys say we're not happy, so we're going to send out practice. So do you have some sort of policy? Have you been through other organizations where this has happened and you've had, you know, other examples where yeah, you have that. There's no question. That, that's why it's in place, right? That's why it's in place. So, like I said, we'll cross that road when we get there. We'll talk about it as an organization uh, as we go through day by day. And this seems like this is a clear violation of your standards. And what you're communicating to us is that you're just going to proceed business as usual here. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that right now, today, we're saying that, that he didn't practice. You're going to have to ask him why he didn't practice, and then we're going we're gonna to take it day by day. That's what we're saying. Matt, do you understand kind of the bind we're in when you say we have to ask him these questions, but we can't talk to him until he actually practices? Yeah, I understand. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You're screwed. The last couple days. Yeah. He would fall in that category of day to day. He'll be back. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I same, get it. I get it. Same day You're screwed. It's okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think so at this time. Coach, are you still not willing to put a, a time period on when a player will transition from that day-to-day -to, -day to that week-to-week -week point where you will disclose what's going on? A player like Kyler Gordon who has been out seemingly, as I understand day-to-day, -day, he should seem to be past that. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I understand your point uh, for sure, and he's going to be back soon. I, I, I know that. So we're 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 getting close. Uh, and he is still day to day, but we're getting close. And the extension of that with, with Kyler, he missed a chunk of time in minicamp and, and going back to the spring. At what point does does that become at least a, a back of your head concern when a player's availability has not been consistent? Yeah, and I think I stated it last week maybe that, and I still hold true to that, is that when players miss time on the grass, okay, the actual playing of the game, working on the fundamentals and techniques, that hurts. It hurts our football team, and it hurts them as, uh, you know, their development. So we just try to get those guys back as soon as possible. And, you know, I tell the players, your body will tell you when you're ready. You know, when you're ready to go, let's get back out there, let's go. And uh, they're doing everything they can to get back, so. Somebody who has been out there on the practice field, you uh, mentioned the other day he's still ramping up. Yeah. Do you think he's available to play Saturday? Yeah, I'll talk to Simo on that, but uh, we like where he is. He's progressing, uh, working through, uh, getting some more reps um, in the practices. So he's, a, he's in a good spot right now in terms of the ramp up. I have a bigger picture question with you heading into your first game as a head coach. You know, a lot of coaches have come in here and embraced, accepted the role of being the head coach of the Bears. And frankly, they have not had the success to kind of match that enthusiasm. So my question is, with, with the responsibility of being the head coach of a historic franchise like this, and the recent history, how, how, how daunting is that to you as, as you head into your first game? Because, you know, there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot at stake. And sure. a lot of things you don't know about yourself or how you're going to handle it. So how, how daunting of a situation is this for you heading into your first game? Yeah, I would say that the, the first thing that comes to mind right there is that you don't look at the past uh, in terms of you got to focus on the future uh, and what's ahead of you right now. And the way we look at it is uh, you have to have a telescope type of view as a head coach and where we're going to get to, okay? And then you have to have a microscope view of what we're doing day to day. And that's I'm just focusing on having good game day operation, working on the scheme, evaluating the personnel for this first game. And that's the way you got to be. And uh, that's the way you function best. You got to be in the moment. You got to be right here right now. Another thing on that, this will be your first game. I know it's just preseason, but as you know, calling, making decisions, being yep. a head coach on the sideline, you know, so far everything's been. I think you've done a lot of things that you've probably done before, and and you know, like managing people, is something is kind of in your comfort zone. It seems like you're good at that, but managing a game, it can be a totally different animal, especially on Sundays. How prepared do you feel for that? What what indications do you have that you'll be good at that? And how important is it that you're not just a manager of people and somebody who can coach well on Sunday? No, that's that's everything. I mean, those decisions that we make uh, in the last two minutes of the half, last two minutes of the game, uh, going forward on fourth down, all those situations that are that are my call um, a lot of times is is really, really a big job to have. And, and knowing that going into it, I started way back in January meeting with you know, Harry, our, our game management guy, and, and, and talking to him and going over videos. We must have had 20 sessions talking about end the game, when to throw the challenge flag, when not to, um, you know, all scenarios that deal with two-minute, end of half, end of game, all those situations. And uh, we've had the officials in here. We've used those guys as resources, as educators in terms of the rules and, and the, the two-minute, you know, application, how they spot the ball, when, you know, where should we be to get the ball back into play the fastest as possible? So 
Um, I feel very prepared for that. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to go through it for the first time with our staff. And we had a chance to do it the other day, actually, uh, when we were at the stadium. We did a couple two-minute drives, and that went pretty well. But in the moment, is that kind of an X factor for any new head coach? You really don't know how it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, they, they, you know, it's the first time I called defenses when I was back at Mizzou back in 2003, whatever it was. You know, and then I got to the pros and called rip defensive calls. It's just the way it is. You got to be fast-minded. You got to be quick. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be on it. And that's just what it, the way it's got to be, and you can't you can't be slow. You got to be quick, and that, that's what uh, it's all about. You got to know what you're doing to play ahead. You got to play ahead. So as a head coach, you always got to be a play ahead of the offense or defense and helping those guys out. We've talked to you about your hips pressing a lot since you got here. In the NFL in general, do you think that there is an unu- a outsized en- emphasis on scheme versus hustle or versus effort? Um, do you feel like people want to talk about scheme all the time when effort's a, a bigger? Yeah, you, you can fall into that trap. Uh, you can, and, and uh, that's what, why we stand on that foundation because we look at that first. You always got to look at where you're standing, and what is that? The foundational pieces of our of our franchise, and then you look at scheme. You know, then you got to look at hey, how does it help this player operate? How does it help our, our team score or defend? And then you look at that second. You have a lot of wide receivers out, obviously, right now. Yet it seemed like in the last couple of days Justin's kind of gotten in a groove despite mm-hmm. that. What have you seen from him this week? No, I thought they came out, the offense came out really well, you know, and that we had that red zone and then we backed him up to the high red, the fringe area, and I thought they operated really good. You know, his timing is, is getting better. Um, and it's really, you know, for him that's really good because, you know, how do you get the timing down with different receivers? You know, for him to be able to do that, that shows a lot to me. Uh, so uh, we're, we're excited where he is uh, on that front for sure. And then defense came back. You know, the second part of the, the practice, the defense made a lot of nice plays on the ball, uh, had a lot, a lot of nice stops. So it was a good competitive practice today. Even though we were in shells, we still were moving around fast. Any idea? Can you give us a little more insight into these meetings you're talking about? Who was the vigilance after the initial area? Was that Harry? Yeah, Harry Freed. Okay. Yeah. Like how many of these? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even, I mean, we did so many of them, I would say, yep, we had sessions, video sessions, you know, for, you know, we set it up originally where I did uh, basically 15 or 20 in that range video sessions with the guys. Then we split it up into situations on offense, situations on defense, situations on special teams, and then we had the coordinator come in, and we probably met four or five hours uh, the first time with, with Luke. Then with Allen for you know two or three hours, and then same thing with HT. So we're coming up with terms of what we want to call situational ball. So we know we can just call and rip them out. So when we, we use the language during the game, it's it's code. It's no, we know what we're talking about and know what we're going to do in the situation. So um, that's just all preparation. You know, it's about setting it up. It's about being prepared. And again, there's going to be things that come up in the game every single week that you know situations come up. You got to talk about them and how are we going to respond to those situations. I know you said that you weren't going to get into how much work different players were going to get on Saturday, yeah. but can you give us an idea of how much work Justin will get? Yeah, so well, I would just say this, that, that you know, with the starters, they're probably going to go 15 to 20 plays, the starters are, and then you know, we'll get a chance to, uh, to work through the rest of that. And that's not every starter. You know, that's just you know, some guys are going 10 to 15, some guys are going 15 to 20, uh, but again, that, that changes by guy. It's really individual based on the guy, where he is, and uh, what his uh, maturation is in terms of his play. That's definitely an update right there.
This is Coach Floos, head coach of the Chicago Bears, giving us an update there. Uh, serious update, really, at the end there when you're talking about, um, you know, who's who's uh, uh, how how long are Justin and the starters going to play on Sunday or Saturday? Uh, that feels weird to say, but on Saturday, um, I mean that that's a that's a it's good to hear that he's coming up with situational things that the Chicago bears, right? Like, because that, that they can do on plays and different play calls and things like that. Oh, jumped right back into it. All right. Okay. Let me shut the heck up. Uh, we got a little like Larry Borum up at the, uh, at the uh, podium here. Let me uh, just shut up. The goals when he got here was to create a lot of competition. In the offensive line, you've been in the mix of it now. How would you describe the competition that has been created and how it's sort of evolved since the spring? Right. Um, I mean, we can't get pads on this. Every all competition is good competition. There's been a lot of it, so every day you kind of got to bring that. Hit that like button if you ain't hit that like button yet. Mentality, um, you can't slack. As soon as you slack, you get you get passed up. So you got to just got to bring it. It's good though. Competition is good for anything. Brings the best out of me. You came in with Tevin as, as a rookie. He went right. through what he went through alongside him last season. And how have you seen him handle the uncertainty, you know, the trade possibilities that are out there, and kind of everything floating for him right now? I always handled it like a pro. He's done nothing but just come in and do what he's asked every day, uh, whether it's whatever he has to deal with, uh, meetings, he's attentive, he's paying attention, he's handling it like a pro. You sense the frustration maybe of like when he was not practicing and you know going through meetings and dealing with all that but not being able to get out there? I mean, he wasn't happy with it, the fact that he couldn't go out there and do what he loves. So, I mean, if, if you can't do what you love, you're going to be upset about it. But other than that, he's been handling it like a pro. It's good. He's ready to go. Larry, uh, you were a starter last year, and now you're kind of fighting for a spot and stuff like that. How has this staff been communicating your role to you, whether it's Chris Morgan or Getze or Eberflus? How have they been about like letting you know exactly what you did, what you need to do, or where, you know where you stand? Yeah, they're coaching us hard. I mean, they're gonna if we're in a film, we're watching something that's not right. They're gonna try and correct you on it. Um, every day, I mean, it's fluid. Just gotta. Like, it leads back to the competition thing. It's, it's open competition. Got to bring your best. And whatever happens, I mean, I'm ready just to contribute and do whatever I need to do to help the team win. What's the biggest challenge going from one side to the other for you? Um, honestly, just kind of just a little footwork technique. Like, it takes a couple reps to really, like, all right, I'm back at I'm back at left. I'm back at right. Just takes a couple reps, get it down. But other than that, it's not too big of a deal. Some guys can't do that. Some guys really struggle to switch sides. What, what do you think it is within your either athleticism or even a mindset that, that allows you to, to make those those flips? Um, I want to say this is my mindset, like being able just to transfer this side of the play to this side or vice versa, whatever it is, just be able to handle that at a rapid pace. How much work do you want this weekend? Huh? How much work do you want this weekend in the game? I mean, I want all of it. I want whatever I can get. <laughs> That's it. We keep hearing open competition, um, but how difficult is it to compete when you really can't go full speed to the whistle pretty much any time in practice? I mean, you you can, but you can't. You kind of you just gotta you gotta play hard. I mean, you can tell when someone's playing hard and someone isn't. So it's one of those things where, long as you're you're playing hard, you can you can see it on film. So is your focus basically on that technique and those first steps or two, where that's what you have to set up to really make the block? Yeah, just everything. It's just a brand new scheme, brand new coaching staff. Just got to do things their way, and just got to be good at it. What do you want? What do you think people are going to see with your running game on Saturday? 
thing. We haven't really been able, you know, in practice it's hard to, but, to tell what works. What, what do you think we're going to be able to see on Saturday? Um, seeing people get off the ball and play a lot faster than we have been in the past and just run through people. That's it. For the linemen, what do you like about this style of run game? Uh, it allows you to run. It allows you to get out and really get off the ball. I know there, there's competition and things like that going on, but as a former fifth-round pick yourself, are you able to appreciate Braxton Jones kind of coming in and making an impression? And 100%. 100%. My hat is off. My hat is off to him. He's he's a great player. He's going to be good for us. What's he like personality-wise in meeting rooms and everything you've seen of him so far? He's cool. Cool, laid back. Like He pays attention, does whatever he needs to do. He's calm. Larry, what was your targeted playing weight last year, and what is it this year? Uh, last year... Really didn't really have one too much. This year's 320. Is that that's where I'm at? Lighter than it was last year? Or? Yeah, I, that's that's about 15 lighter than last year. What were you by the end of, or by the combine? Uh, 322. You grew up in the Detroit area. Do you remember Bradley playing for the Lions? Uh, somewhat, a little bit, just a tad. Have you have you watched? Did you watch film of him when? Uh, I've seen clips of him and stuff, and I mean, he's a great player. He's a vet. I'm learning a lot from him. Yeah, what's he like? Just sort of he's helping. He's helping everyone a lot. He brings a lot of knowledge. He's played a ton of ball, so it's good to have around and be able just to chop on different things. Do you keep in touch with uh, Jason Peters at all? No, I need to. I need to call him. What are the challenges with the different cadences that you have in this offense? How is it significantly more than you had last year? How are the quarterbacks? handling that in terms of staying, keeping them consistent so that you guys aren't having the pre-snap penalties and such. Right. Um, there's there's more. There's definitely more. Um, all the quarterbacks, they're working hard to make all their occasions sound the same. So, honestly, it's, they've been handling it great. We've been able to run off the ball with it. All right, given the competition, nonetheless, you were running predominantly with the ones until uh, Riley and Schofield got here, not even running more with the twos. Is that frustrating? And how much harder is it for a younger player to win that competition with a veteran? Um, I mean, it's it's frustrating, but you got to come in every day and just have your head down, ready to work. You can't really focus too much on, I'm not with the ones, man. And you ain't going to have a bad day. You kind of just got to attack it the same way if I was with the ones or whoever I'm running with. It don't matter. You just got to attack it every day with the working mindset. Uh, it's challenged you to take the next step in your own development so that maybe you are running with the ones, you know, later. You repeat that? What have the coaches challenged you to do to uh, take the next step in your own development? Um, just got to elevate certain things, a little technique-wise. Um, just got to keep playing hard. But, yeah. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Thanks. Sorry. Thank you, sure. That was Larry Borum as they're on a little bit of break here. Uh, notably, he was running with the twos along with Tevin Jenkins. They were down there at their tackle position. Um, he was he was a guy that we thought was going to be slated with the ones this season. He was a guy that we thought was going to be uh, our starting left tackle for a little while this season until Braxton Jones ended up taking that spot. But that again, right? Like interestingly, this interestingly enough to say, it's not a terrible thing if you have that. You know, somebody buds up and, and takes that role, and now you've got multiple tackles that you feel like can play the position, right? I just feel like the Bears have really bolstered that offensive line. Um, they've got more depth in that position. You know there's going to be some injuries on that line just because of how much guys get hit on that line. You know there's going to be some tweaks and things like that. So it's good to have guys that can just go into the game at a moment's notice, man. Um, 
the the thing that I, I find notable about where this Bears offense is going to be at, and even uh, uh, Larry Borm really spoke to it there, was the, the run game, you know, how he's able to get out and run, how he's able to just get out and attack, you know, and, and that he really likes that style of football. I mean, he really likes being able to play that style of football. Um, and I think that's going to really speak to the Bears' success. I, I, that, that's one of the main reasons why I'm not as low on the season as a lot of people are, right? When you look at this offense, I think a lot of people think Justin's going to be slinging the ball down the field 35 to 40 times a game. That's not the case. It's just not It's just not the case, right? And even if he was, right, we, we've kind of seen how Justin Fields is impressing this team, right? There's going to be moments where Justin probably has to throw the ball a little bit more. But Justin has really impressed the Chicago Bears coaching staff consistently, right? I told you guys, I think the Bears walked in here, or, or uh, uh, I think Flus and um, and and Poles walked in here and, and felt like, okay, you know, this kid's nice. He's He's got a good game. He's got a good flow to him. We really think that we, we, we've got something here. And then all of a sudden they walked in and looked at him and they were like, oh. Oh no, he he's better than we thought. He he's really good. We can win some games. And and I sometimes, right? That's what you need to see to motivate you to get some protection for the kid on the offensive line, right? Maybe they were coming in here thinking that, hey, we're gonna focus on the defensive side of the ball here. And then they saw how Justin's playing, and they're like, no, 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 let's go get this kid some linemen. Let's get these kids some guys that can stand in front of them. That's what you want to see your organization do. I know we've had a lot of up and down here with this front office early on, a lot of moves that people kind of disagree with, kind of agree with. I I think they've done more good than bad this offseason. If I'm going to look at what Ryan Poles and them have done, um, I think they've done a lot more good than bad this offseason, just starting off at the fact that they've actually brought people in to protect Justin. And uh, it seems like right now you got to see it in a game. Inside of a game, it can be completely different. He could get overwhelmed. But he is going up against Robert Quinn, Al-Kadiq Muhammad, guys like that. It seems like... You drafted a fifth-round starting left tackle in your first season on this team, uh, and we haven't had a left tackle on this team in ever. I mean, like, uh, how far back we got to go to talk about a left tackle on this team? At least in the last 15 years, we haven't had a left tackle on this team. You know what I mean? So I I, I really like where uh, uh, the – the offensive line itself is moving. And I think that that's going to really speak to where this offense is going to be going. Right. Again, I don't think that this is an offense that's dominant. I don't think this is an offense that's going to destroy people, but this would have been a pretty good grounded pound offense last season. If Matt Nagy would just use it, allow them to use David Montgomery uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and so I think that's the most important thing when you're talking about uh, where this bears team is at some of the important notables, uh, that were missing as shared by Kevin Fishbane uh, uh, um, dropped it in a tweet. Some of important notables among players not at practice. Now, he did say he hasn't seen Roquan Smith. Roquan did end up showing up to practice. He was standing on the sideline with the injured players, but among players not practicing today, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Kyler Gordon, Bayless Jones, Kendall Vildor, Tavon Young, Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy, Angelo Blackson, and Mario Edwards, and Dante Pettis was back. That sounds bad, right? It sounds like a lot of names, uh, uh, um, but a lot of stuff that the Bears have said, day-to-day issues, different things like that, nothing serious. Um, 
could just be getting some work done, could just be getting some rest up. I haven't heard anything. You, you didn't even hear a major injury update on half of the guys that were in there, right? And so I, I think that you we're going to be fine with those guys. I would expect most of those guys to be ready to go for the season. Uh, let's head back out to the press conferences here. Boom. Oh, it's just, you know, you've been preparing all this time for a game like this. And obviously it's my first NFL game. And I think it's a big testament to, you know, facts, preparation facts. and kind of building up to this. And I've, you know, I've been tested in practice and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I think it's huge for me to just go out and do my job and play hard. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you might mess up here and there, but how do you rebound from a mess up or something like that and just have a quick mindset to the next play and, you know, just give it all you have all game? Will you take, will you take a, a moment at all before kickoff Saturday to just kind of reflect on how far you've come since April and then just the, the way this journey has put you in this position? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I won't, you know, look too far back or anything like that. I, obviously, I'll take a second. It's a pretty big moment for me, but, you know, it's just a – it's a it's another football game at the end of the day you know it's a little bit faster stronger and stuff like that but at the end of the day you got to go out and perform and do your job so that's the biggest thing for me is just living in the moment and doing what's best for uh right now the last time we talked to you you had said that one of the things you're focusing in on is, is being able to i guess see and diagnose defenses a little bit better just want to clarify like the specifics of that and, and, and the, the things that you're kind of trying to focus on improving in that regard yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's just certain things that will uh, get you in different calls. I don't want to be too specific, but um, uh, I just, you know, being able to see something and be like, that's not this type of look, it's this, or, you know, I'm working with the guard here, and or maybe, you know, instead of working with a guard, it would be better to cut the defense off and work with the tight end here. Just certain things like that and be able to see, see that a lot quicker, and that will be able to make me play faster, and then it will look way better on uh, film as well. How have you settled into just feeling like you belong and, okay, I, I got a great chance to start my first year? Um, I, what do you mean by that? Sorry. Like, well, I, I, we talked before, you were kind of surprised at how quickly you got elevated, and now, like, it's here, and they're they're kind of, it seems like they really appreciated what you've been able to do to this point. Just, just believe in yourself going forward, like, okay, I'm ready right now. Yeah, I know. I think the biggest thing is uh, taking the reps each day, um, even against some of the, you know, uh, the best players, even like Robert Quinn, and just getting better every day and looking at those reps and taking as many reps as I can. Um, that has kind of got me to the feeling of like, okay, you know, let's go. We got to do this and stuff like that. So um, taking those reps against big time players, I think, has helped me a little bit um, in, in to get ready for, you know, running with the ones and stuff like that. Can you give us any kind of a specific example of going up against Robert Quinn, like whether it's a good rep, bad rep? Maybe a bad rep that then turned into a good rep because you learned something. Like, is there anything that stands out from those? Um, I think the biggest thing uh, for me is just the quickness of it. Um, going against maybe a rookie. No offense to any of the rookies or anything like that. They're just not as quick to the to the to the point. Um, he's really quick to the point. He's on you like that. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's um, might not even be win or loss. I think just getting used to that uh, quickness and. Uh, his reaction time is amazing, so I think that's one of the big th big things too. I know you got to stay in the moment, right? It's the only way you get to where you came from to where you are right now in such a short period of time. 
But just being as intelligent and thoughtful as you are, do you have an appreciation for it? being at Southern Utah a few months ago and now literally being one of maybe thir- one of 32 starting left tackles in the National Football League? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. I think that's that's big because, you know, coming from Southern, a lot of people make it out, um, make it out of there. And then being in the position I am, I'm beyond grateful. I mean, I'm just ecstatic to be here every day. And that's, you know, that's why I kind of take the approach when I come in here and talk to you guys, you know, just trying to get better every day, you know, um, trying to get more crisp every day and do do anything I can to help the team. But yeah, I mean, I'd say the biggest thing is just, you know, being grateful to be here. Obviously, it's not easy to be here. You know, not everyone is here, but um, it, it is amazing, honestly. Did you get any calls from former teammates back in Southern Utah or coaches like from you really, like, went there and took over? Like, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, obviously, I get some younger guys from Southern Utah, you know, talking to me a little bit, and I think the thing for them is they just want to know really how, you know, how fast it is or, you know, is it really that big of a difference? And I got to let them know. I mean, it's a pretty big difference. I mean, from FCS to the NFL, it's obviously a huge difference. Maybe, you know, some FPS games and SEC and stuff like that are maybe not the hugest. I mean, it's a big difference when everyone's quicker, everyone's, you know, faster, stronger, all that stuff. So I let them know. And then coaches are just, you know, telling me to keep on going and, you know, don't, you know, feel the light and be like, oh, you know, you made it or anything like that, which I never will. But um, that's the biggest thing coaches tell me is just, you know, keep on doing it. You got, you know, years to go. So how do you feel like you've adjusted so far in the NFL and and adapted to the speed of the game? Um, I'd say I've got I've got a ways to go, but um, just understanding how fat how fast it is actually. Um, even with linebackers and all that type of stuff, like I have a better understanding of how fast it is, but um, you know I could do a lot better job of implementing that into my game and stuff like that. And and that's another thing too. Um, it's not always going fast, fast, fast. It's kind of like you gotta hold space a little bit more. Um, you can't just go fly out to anything because they're so quick. They'll you know they'll come right in under you or something like that. You just gotta really like it's. It's a happy medium. When you first started, when you first started your practice battles against Robert Quinn, was there a moment of intimidation or awe or anything like that? Um, I wouldn't say intimidation. Maybe awe, like, oh man, that was really, really quick, or that was a really good move, or something like that. But um, you know, I, it's only gotten me better. I think you know, going up against him is obviously great for me, and to get me better every week will will definitely help me. But um. No a thousand points to you for that one, Jay Sanders. I give you a thousand points for that. He hit me with his signature, so it's just like, oh dang, yeah, that's for real. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me was uh, people always would say, like, hold that in their back pocket and would be, be like, you know, if you keep on going, you will you could make it that far and stuff like that. But, I mean, I've told you guys this before. Like, my biggest thing was just making sure every day, like, I was doing something to, to get me to that point. And I realized probably, like, my junior, senior year, a little bit sophomore, I'd get some talks about it, certain lists. You don't really mean anything until you actually get there. But um, that's kind of when I was like, you know, this – 
is, you know, became set in stone. But it was always, you know, once I got to that point, I was always going to work hard enough to give me the chance to be here. So. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. That was Braxton Jones from the Chicago Bears. Braxton Jones just really giving some insight. He's really won that left tackle spot, man. You have to actually uh, uh, be impressed by that, right? And and the coaches have been super impressed by what his game can bring to this offense, right? As a Bears fan, right, you're hoping that he's the one that pans out. You're ho- you feel like he is, right, because you look at some of the other names on this team and feel like, okay, there, there were other guys that definitely could have played this position. There were other guys that definitely could have been your starting left tackle on this team, and meanwhile, he's able to go find it. This gives you hope on a couple of different fronts, right? I mean, like, again, right, we have to see him play, but it gives you hope on a couple of different fronts that, one, um, you found your left tackle of the future. Uh, and, that, and that he's going to be here for the next 10 years. And two, uh, it gives you hope that Ryan Poles is pretty good at finding that late round talent, very similar to what Ryan Pace was. Um, now, granted, we haven't seen a play of him. We haven't seen a down of him. He might be a little bit overwhelmed, but we've heard guys sing his praises that are on this team looking at him like, yeah, he's he's doing a good job against Robert Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks last year. Um so that that tells you that he's pretty good, right? Uh, again, it, it's kind of it's an interesting question, even that they asked in there uh, on. Oh, is he? Do, do you feel like you're able to go full speed? I think they asked the Larry Borum actually. Do you feel like you're able to go full speed when you know, even though it's pads, but it's still practice? And it, it's just like, well, yes and no, but like you you know when you're going when you're doing more. And so even with going half speed, you hear him talking about Robert Quinn. He's like, he's, he's just fast. Like his moves, everything he did, it's just fast. And so it's an entirely different world, man. Uh, again, right, talking about the offensive line. I, I I feel like this offensive line is moving in the right direction. I feel good about um, coming into this. I'll tell you what, I feel way better coming into this season, way better coming into this season that Justin Fields will not die than last season, right? Uh, I mean, last season, literally, I said, hey, let Andy play because there's no way in the world you're going to be able to protect Justin Fields. There's no way in the world that you're going to be able to keep Justin Fields off his back. So let Andy go out there and play as much as he wants because I don't want to see Justin Fields on the ground. Of course, that didn't work out, and we still saw Justin Fields on the ground. So I think that they listen coming into this season, coming into Saturday. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, uh, um, what we're gonna see from the offense. The excite—I don't know if the excitement is good or the excitement is nervous, but I'm really excited about what we're gonna see from the offense because I just think it's finally gonna be an offense that fits these players, um, that fits the players that are on the team, that fits Justin Fields, an offense that is catered to what the team does well. That's what—that's really uh, what it all comes down to for me. Um, some of the different things that we've seen as well. I don't know if this is going to be the moment where like we get that like 45 minute long break, but, uh, some of the topics that we were talking about today and and that I wanted to get to and break down, um, well, if, if they do jump back in, we'll jump back into that, but just breaking down kind of, uh, first off, you got a little bit of a Nikhil Harry update there from Flus at the beginning. Uh, he didn't give a timetable for his return. But apparently, right, based off of other guys that are the same, 
or, or similar to surgery. Uh, they're thinking about an eight-week time slot for the return on a Nikhil Harry. Um, when they talked about him, he's going to be, he's having surgery. Well, he went in for surgery this morning after suffering a high ankle sprain. Um, it's, he's going into surgery for, I'm trying to find the name of it. it, it I believe it was tiptoeing. He's going into surgery for tiptoe surgery. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't, I've never even heard of it, right? But they're saying about eight weeks for Nikhil Harry on that. Uh, something to keep in mind on and, and something to keep in mind on that. And that makes me feel good about kind of where that injury is, is that he's having surgery now. You're talking about possibly eight weeks that he'll be back. That's week five. That's week five. That means that seventh round pick was not a waste, right? If, if it's something that gets into, you know, week eight, week 10, now you're talking about, all right, I got seven games to see this guy. You still got 12 games possibly to see Nikhil Harry. Now, of course, Flo- of course, Floos didn't go out there and give that, uh, specific specific update. That's what it is. Tightrope surgery. Uh, I don't know what I said. What I say? Tiptoe surgery. Uh, tightrope surgery. Shout out to the chat. <laughs> Shout out to Renewable in the chat. Shout out to <laughs> Whitney in the chat. <laughs> ah, y'all knew what I meant, man. Y'all knew what I meant. Hey, players mess up. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, Bob. Yep, you too, man. No, but uh, that tightrope surgery, tiptoe surgery is hilarious, bro. Tightrope surgery uh, could be about, you know, about six to eight weeks. But So you're getting them back early enough in the season where you're now looking at, okay, I've got 12 games left of Nikhil Harry being a part of this offense. I've got 12 games left to see if he's going to be a, a real – part of what Justin Fields is going to be able to do on this team. I've got 12 games left to see if I want Justin to continue to work with this guy going into next season. And now you're talking about what are you going to pay him? How are you going to make that happen? Right. And I think that those are a lot of things that, uh, uh, um, those are the things that I'm really focusing in on with this. Cause this could have been something that was more serious was getting into week eight was getting into week 10, right? Because we didn't know how severe, of an injury this was. So I, I'm glad to hear that Nikhil Harry uh, is having the surgery now. Um, the the only part that kind of sucks is you're missing those reps. He didn't get to be here with OTAs with Justin Fields. He didn't get to be here for a lot of the mini camps with Justin Fields, right? So he didn't get to work with Justin as much. So you're going to have to kind of figure out that rapport on the fly. That doesn't always work well, um, but hopefully for Nikhil it does, right? Hopefully this is the, the reset that he needs, the bounce back that he needs uh, to get his game moving in the right direction, man. I mean, he's a big body receiver, real fast, good hands. I'm literally like, I. you didn't want to say it the wrong way, but I literally was like, I wonder if it's just like how Ocho Cinco said, like you had to be so smart. You had to, it was like rocket science trying to figure out uh, Bill Belichick's system and, and Josh McDaniel's system that uh, I, I'm hoping it's kind of a similar thing to that, right? So uh, we'll kind of see what ends up coming from that as we're here uh, reacting to the press conference live here um it, and they're on a on a momentary break i thought they were about to come back i seen the, the screen flash they're on a momentary break if you haven't done so man hit that like button subscribe to the page we do talk chicago bears daily on this channel it's the only channel talking bears how bears talk so make sure that you get in tune with us man uh something else that we were talking about as the stream started 
um, that I thought was was good to bring to the conversation. Adam Schefter went on ESPN 1000 yesterday talking about Roquan Smith's situation with his contract and basically said, listen, um, it's, it's like Roquan went to Twitter to put his story out there and the Bears aren't going to go to Twitter. So how do the Bears do it? I will give Shefty a call. Shefty has the numbers of the contract. He didn't put the numbers out there, but he has the numbers of the contract. Uh, essentially, he took that contract to other teams because Shefty said he felt like it was a good deal, but he wanted to see kind of what other teams were thinking. He took that around to multiple front offices around the NFL or shot them the details to multiple front offices around the NFL to see what their response was. And from what we heard from Adam Schefter on ESPN 1000 yesterday, he said that it was a very good deal and that teams around the NFL felt that it was a very good deal. So now you have to ask yourself who lying (laughs) somebody lying here. Um, now I do still, no matter how good the deal was, right. I do still think the de-escalators is a little bit disrespectful. In my opinion, I think Roquan doesn't deserve to be put on de-escalators. You shouldn't be trying to take money out of your players' pockets in different situations like that. If he's good enough for, uh, to be signed to the team, allow him to be signed to the team. But now I'm looking at this situation as, okay, well, if the bears are actually operating in good faith, if the bears are actually trying to get Roquan Smith re-signed, if the bears are actually trying to play ball here with Roquan Smith and Roquan Smith just wants more and more and more. The question comes in, right? Yeah. You may take a step back this season without Roquan Smith for sure. You're definitely a worse team without an all pro linebacker on your team. But the one thing that I am worried about least with the Chicago bears, and I've seen bears fans like losing their mind, like they forget, got with this franchise is uh, the one thing that I am least worried about with the Chicago Bears is finding another linebacker the one thing that I am least worried about with the Chicago Bears is figuring out how to fix a defense so I don't know what the terms of the deal are yet but if it's a good deal offered on the table if it's a good deal in faith if the Bears feel like they have done everything and Ryan Poles seemed like he did Ryan Poles seemed like he came out in that presser didn't he like he like he had been crying for a couple of hours like he was stunned that we had gotten to this position yeah I mean uh or that or he's a heck of an actor or he's just exhausted but I I I look at this situation with Roquan and I'm like okay listen I don't want to blame one side or the other and I hope that they get this figured out and at the end of the day I still kind of feel like they might get this figured out but Now we're getting to the point where Roquan Smith comes off of the pup list yesterday. The Bears basically say, listen, you're not going to slap us in the face and and we're just going to keep taking care of you. Uh, Let me get that pup off of you. Um, I don't know if fines are going to be coming. You heard them talking with Floos there uh, at the beginning where where they asked if fines are going to be coming for Roquan Smith. Um, He said that that's a front office thing. That's going to be something that Ryan Poles puts in place, not a... uh, um, not a coaching thing, not a it's not a coaching fine, it's not a staff fine. So this is now a front office thing. Um, I, I just I just feel like if you've done everything you can and Roquan just doesn't want to accept it, then maybe it's the other way around, right? Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's not that the Bears don't want Roquan, maybe it's that Roquan didn't want the Bears. I don't know why. And again, here's the my gut feeling. 
this all gets worked out. This is what Debo Samuel did. This is what uh, uh, um, DK Metcalf did, right? And Devontae Adams and the other guys. But the difference that you'll see, and I heard this on the Adam Rank podcast and hadn't really thought about it, the guys who were getting closer to that uh, age 30 range and over uh, were let go. The guys who were 25 and under were retained by their teams. So I don't know if I'm to the point now where I feel like it's just a done deal that Roquan's not going to return to the Chicago Bears. But I also am looking at this like if he does have the Debo Samuel thing where all of a sudden this all gets smoothed out and everything's fine, perfect. If he doesn't, it's the Chicago Bears. They find linebackers. They build defenses. I've never once in my life looked at this franchise and said, my God, how are we going to rebuild a defense? It's all that we've done. It's the only thing in 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, however far back, 100 years that this franchise has been good at. So I'm really not where, like, if we lose Roquan, yes, it will suck in the moment. But if the Bears have done everything to try and honor Roquan and Roquan still takes it as disrespect, then I, I don't, I'm not going to be, oh my God, hurt if we don't re-sign Roquan Smith. I'm not going to say this Bears defense can't bounce back if we don't re-sign Roquan Smith. Defense is the last thing I'm worried about with the Chicago Bears. Um, something else to really break down and talk about, uh, just how, and, and I was speaking on it earlier, right, just how much Justin Fields is impressed and what we want to see from Justin Fields in this preseason game coming up. First game is Saturday at noon. I think somebody asked me, was I going live for it? I don't know. Right? I don't I mean, We might do a live. We may, you know what I mean? But it's, listen, one, I, I know I won't be live every Sunday because it's a Saturday maybe, but I know I won't be live doing it on Sundays because football, watching football live is not my thing. Like I want to sit there on the TV, evaluate it, be a fan, lose my mind, throw a beer. Yeah. I mean, like it is what it is. Um, who's this dude up in here? Brandon Bass talking about you too old for them dork dorky friend. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I know you're not coming in here trying to fry my boy. Get some legit professional glasses. All right, there we go. Uh, Brandon Bass, first off, you look like you don't got enough teeth in your mouth in this profile picture to be talking about anybody in here, my boy. This man came in here looking like an eight ball with that ball head out here. Bro, what are you talking about right now? You look like you are in a high school lunchroom with the white brick behind you and somebody took your picture on a Nokia phone. What are you talking about right now? You trying to fry me? Talking about dorky glasses, bro? First off, I'm using these to see. I'm not worried about the, the, the first thing you need to worry about is me seeing you. This man out here taking that with the with the uh the the uh, what the what's that mud car? You got me so I can't even think about it. Hold on, I wasn't ready for you coming through with the hate, my boy. Oh, I got teeth on me. That's an old picture. Well, you need to update that, my boy. You look like they took that in cell block eight. You need to update that one, my boy. Talk about that's an old picture. <laughs> I wear Armani frames. Not in this picture, my boy. You look like you wear the men's warehouse one-for-one -one suits, my boy. You look like you got one shoe on, one shoe off. Loose foot. <laughs> Stop playing with me, my boy. 
Come on, dog. Come on, dog. This what we doing in here, bro? I wasn't here for this. I wasn't here for this. I'm trying to talk bears, bro. Trying to talk bears, talk about I wear Armani glasses. Come on, dog. <laughs> it's Chicago. Hey, 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 hey. Y'all know I love this, man. I love this. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live. I was trying to see if you had one more in there. Yeah, I mean? Bet them teeth a little too far spaced out. I bet he can't suck through a straw without it getting stuck in the middle of his mouth. That's all I'm saying, dog. <laughs> what was I talking about, bro? What was I talking? I don't even remember, bro. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was doing. We trying to talk Bears football. Good Lord. <laughs> this is what he say. This is why we need you to go live. Nah, bro, I can't be roasting the players on the field, bro. <laughs> hey, I would have been frying what's his name last season. I absolutely would have been frying uh what's buddy name? Jermaine Ofetti. Oh, I'd have been frying him all season last year. I'd have been baking that man's life. Let's get back to this football, man. Hey, we talked about each other for fun, bro. Hey, it's all love, Brandon. You know, you came with Spice. I came back with Spice. It's all love you still in here. Yeah, I mean, um, you was talking about wanting to watch live game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Brandon looked like Randy Ford. Brandon actually looked like Mike Singletary now. Yeah, I mean, like he looked like he's 26, but he got 76-year-old Mike Singletary face. That's all good. Uh, Oh, Booger McFarlane looking at. Um, so uh no, I don't watch games live because like Bears games, I I I struggle to turn the switch off, right? Like with Bulls games, I can sit there, I can be logical about something, I can sit there and I can be a a, a professional about it and bring you guys a great product. For me, um with the Bears, I'm just I, I I'm a fanboy. Like, that's what it comes down to. And it's sad because they break my heart every year, right? But I'm a fanboy. I'll sit there and watch somebody getting chokeholded and be like, bro, we calling that a hold, but we wasn't calling that hold over here. Yeah, I mean, so I try to I try to keep it professional on the channel until somebody come in and trying to fry. Uh, I ain't even mean to get on buddy that quick. <laughs> here we go. Um, the one thing I do want to see, though, this Saturday – uh, from Justin Fields, some, some things that I wanted to key in on and what I really want to see the Bears do. Uh, I want to see them be able to um, – I want to see Justin Fields, one, have time to make a make a move, but also to be able to get through his progression. That's the one thing I feel like the elite of the elite quarterbacks do, right? Aaron Rodgers gets to his third progression. Pat Mahomes gets to his third and fourth progression. Uh, sometimes, if the line's protecting him. Um, I mean, listen, <laughs> uh, uh, what's, what's buddy name? Uh, Joe Burrow has no choice, but to get to his third and fourth progression sometimes, uh, because there's all, they're all so good when you got Tyler Boyd, you got Jamar chase. Yeah. I mean, T Higgins is on the team. So you got all these options there. So, uh, when you see these guys get to the third and fourth option, I think that's when they really become elite of the elite quarterbacks. And so that's really what I want to see from Justin, uh, just being able to read a defense um, and be able to attack where the, what the defense is giving him. The other thing that I really want to focus in on, I don't even know if uh, 
we didn't get an update on who's playing, who's not yet. We did get the depth chart, but we didn't get an update on who's playing, who's not yet. The one thing that I really want to see is how Cole Komet is going to fit into this offense as well. Uh, if I'm looking at who Justin's best friend needs to be on this team, I love Darnell Mooney. I think Darnell Mooney can be a thousand yard receiver again. I think Darnell Mooney with the same scheme, and by the way, has been looking great, can be a really, really good receiver again. But the the thing that I, I just know, right, is that there's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. There's going to be a lot of passes. Like I said, when you're looking at this offense, you're talking about probably 30 to 35 run plays per game maybe some games if the run game's really working well you'll see up to 40 run plays a game that's leaving 20 to 25 passes for justin fields to make you think seven or eight of them are probably behind the line of scrimmage which is why you go get a guy like bayless jones um and you're just dropping that in and, and trying to make those those underneath plays. Uh, you don't go out and get two of the best blocking tight end or wide receivers in the NFL if uh, uh, um, you don't want to run stuff behind the line of scrimmage and have that workout screen passes and stuff like that. Here's my thing with it, right? Like you're talking about after that 17 plays that might actually go down. I need to see Cole Komet be a good chunk of those at a minimum in uh, uh, um, your short passing game, in your, your red zone passing game. I really want to see him take that step and move in the right direction. <laughs> is he is he really? Are y'all still frying in the chat? I love I love this channel, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. There is no, you can't, Chicago Bulls Central, that is it. There is no other channel where mugs can come in here. I respect him for having a profile pickup too because most mugs hide their face. Where mugs can come in here and just fry. I respect it. What do you say? Stop, Steve-O. If I, it was taken at your baby mama house, our section enjoyed it back. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. I give you a thousand points for that one. That was a good joke. That was a good comeback joke on that one, bro. Uh, that was that was funny. Um, but no, I just I just really want to see where the where uh, uh, Cole Komet fits into this offense, especially in the passing game. And then I want to see how Darnell Mooney, you know, really makes his impact. I think there's going to be a ton of stuff behind the line where Darnell's able to attack and get there. And I think there's going to be a ton of stuff where Darnell's able to actually just break down his guy. We know Darnell Mooney has great footwork. And so I think that's where you really want to focus in on with Mooney, right? You really want to focus in on how his footwork is going to be able to uh, break down the guy in front of him. Listen, he was killing guys. Remember, Ramsey, Ramsey was killing guys. Or, or, I'm sorry, uh, Mooney was killing Ramsey, I should say. Honestly, Ramsey be getting killed by a lot of people. But Mooney was killing Ramsey. I think there's a lot of guys that Darnell Mooney can definitely dominate with his footwork, his ability to get separation, also with his speed. And it, am, I, am I a little mistaken? Has he added a little something to the vert? He had a little something to the vert out there. So I think that that's going to be a big part of uh, this offensive game defensively. You're starting this game. The thing to focus in on is that linebacker position because of how thin we already were. Let me see if I can. I think Kevin Fishbane had the uh, had the uh, uh, um, depth chart on his page. So let me see if I can pull that up real quick because I think that that's a key thing to focus in on where we're thinnest at on that defensive end. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so let me stop sharing this one and then share this depth chart here. Depth is a word that be having struggling sometimes. So y'all can see that, right? Oh no, y'all can't see that. Bow, y'all can see it now. There we go. Um, 
So here's the thing, right? This is your linebacker. You got Nicholas Morrow. He's basically on your mic now. Roquan Smith not on pup. Doubting he'll be practicing the rest of this uh, week. Doubting he'll be playing in the game. Don't know if fines will come. But you see what you have next, right? Jack Sanborn, Matthew Adams, Joe Thomas, uh, 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 Noah Dawkins, DeMarquise Gates, who just got here, Javen White, who just got here, Caleb Johnson, right? That's where you're thinnest at on this uh, defensive line. So for me, or I'm sorry, in your linebacking core, and so for me, right, I, I'm looking at who's going to be that guy to step up. DeMarquise Gates was really good in the USFL. Does he try and find a way to make a name for himself in this league here and stick around? I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know if that's going to happen, right? But at a minimum, that's the part where I'm still trying to uh, see where this team is going to improve most. Because even with Roquan, you were extremely thin at that position without Roquan you're hoping that you're able to find somebody that can make a name for themselves in preseason um but yeah I mean hey I I I feel like that's some things that really focus on there with the Bears uh I don't know if they're coming back with anybody else they've still got the stream will continue momentarily up on the screen but yesterday right there was like a 25 minute gap in between players, and then Darnell Mooney came out. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> bro, the, the the gaps kill me with the post-game pressers. Uh, throw some questions at me, y'all. Uh, let's chop it up with you guys, man. That's why I love coming in here for these post-game pressers. Throw some questions at me. I'll answer them while we wait for the Bears to get back on here or to drop a uh, to drop a, a, a thank you for watching just out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> I love that Steve or Brandon are going at it in the chat as well. I love that it's that it's just a frying session going on right now in the chat. Only on the Windy City Breeze, bro. Only on the Windy City Breeze. Um M-Man 07311. Could the Bears upset Green Bay week two? Um, here's the thing. I don't think the Bears are going to win week two. I hope the Bears split with the Packers. I think the Bears' best opportunity to beat the Packers will be week two. I think the Bears' best opportunity to get over the Packers will be week two because, one, it'll be the Luke Getzey game, right? It'll be the game where... Uh, Luke Getzey's going back to coach against his old team. Lucas Patrick should be back. Also, he'll have a a um, a day uh, or a week of games underneath him. He should. He's supposed to be back before the first week of the season. I think that's your best chance to upset Green Bay if you do. So could they? Yes. But will they? We'll see there. Um Let's see what else we got up in here. Let me skip through the frying, through, through the frying, through the frying, through the burns and through the jokes. Uh, do you think Roquan messed up and showed his cards too early? You know what it is? I don't think that he showed his cards too early. I think Roquan um, thought that he had more leverage than he did. And it's proving that that may not be the case, right? Again, like I said, the Bears find 
linebackers. There's not a lot of Bears teams that I can point to and say that linebacking core was god-awful. Um, by the time that we can actually point to some linebacking cores and say that they were awful, it was because they had aged and they were really good linebackers before that that we held on to way too long. So uh, I can't say that this Bears team I, I, I think Roquan just overestimated how much the Bears were willing to say, okay, listen, we get what you're saying. We want to get this deal done, but we're not just going to fold because you put the pressure on us and said that we want to trade you. And remember, the NFL is not the NBA. We've seen a lot of players come out and say, I want to be traded. And unless they're willing to sit out the season, which very few of them are, right? How many of them do? I think uh, Le'Veon Bell sat out the entire season to prove a point just to go sign with the Jets, right? Um, but not many of them are willing to sit out the season in the NFL. You usually don't have that level of leverage uh, over teams. Uh, we're going back out to the pressers. Now we got new players up. Bang, bang, bang. Shout out to y'all, man. Keep frying in the chat, though. This is hilarious. They really wanted to see you get into pads to, to truly evaluate whether some of your skills translate. What do you think or hope you've shown them since the pads have come on? Oh, man. Physicality. Uh, I think that's the main thing, you know. That was something that a lot of coaches uh, wanted to see from me. Uh, some physicality, because I'm moving from wide receiver to DN. You know, it's a different position. They think that, you know, I'm an offensive guy, so I'm going to be a little soft. But I think I've fulfilled that through these practices. You have a, a rush in one-on-ones or teams that stands out to you that, that kind of shows you that, that oh, man, that was that was a breakthrough for me or, or something I'm particularly proud of? I'm more of a, a speed guy, but my goal for when, once pass got on was to show some power because, I you know, I'm not going to – I said I wasn't going to do any power in, in shells and stuff. But once we got that – we got those pads on, I, I had to, you know, switch it up a little bit to give those guys a, a break because they were jumping on my speed a little bit, you know, so – I had to switch it up for him. We did talk to Braxton Jones, and he was, you know, and he evaluating the work that he gets with Robert Quinn. He said, no offense to his fellow rookies, but Quinn said, he said that Quinn is able to get on him quicker. Right? Yeah. Um, have you learned anything about how to use your speed in terms of not tra translating it from the straight line speed to how do I actually get on top of this tackle quicker? Yeah. I, you know, that was one thing I was so glad um, for him to come back so I can watch. And learn from him, and he's been a he's been a, a help to me. And one thing that I noticed with him, he stays on his line. That's the reason why he's able to get on guys so quick. Is because he doesn't. He dictate he dic dictates what that uh, lineman is going to do. So him going straight at the hey, forcing that guy to shoot first. I used to run a hoop, which means he's going to sit back and wait. But watching Rob do that, it's helped me it helped me in my game a lot. So. Obviously, you guys have you know similar body types. This is Dominique Robinson. I'd be forgetting to say people' names for the podcast. Dominique Robinson at the podium. Yeah, man, Rob is different. It's, I've seen some. I, I'm amazed at him almost every time I see him rush, just at the angles that he's able to bend at. Um, you know, that's a guy that's been here for and been doing this for a long time. So it's going to take a little second for me to learn everything from him. But I'm already taking a little bit, and I'm you know I'm taking it day by day, trying to in, in, incorporate something new. Um, that I've learned from him. So, how do you take some of this stuff that you want to do and you want to incorporate it, and then some of the things you just got to kind of throw it away because although they work for him, 
they probably won't work for anybody else. And they probably are. I, I asked him this too, and I said these, these things probably aren't even advisable. He's got the move where has two feet off the ground. Yeah, the cross chop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you kind of emulate some of the things he does, but also understand I probably can't? Yeah, so you got to, you know, you, you, you know your body more than anybody else. So I've started to learn and, and work on using the cross chop at my own pace. I can't do it the way he does it. And, you know, he he's great at it. He's been using that move for I don't know how long, probably since he's been doing this. But as you can see, that's his, that's his go-to move, and he's effective with it. But, um, you know, he, he and you're right, he does some things that, like I said, he, he just gets off the ground, boom, 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 and he's up in the air, and then he's, he lands. Like, it's amazing. So, you know, you just got to know your body type and know the things that you can't do and can't do. So, for that cross chop was new for you? Yeah, yeah. Trying it the way um, I, I was trying to do it before he got here, and I did it a couple times, and I was like, "That's not me." Watched him do it, and I was like, "Okay, I see what I was doing wrong. I wasn't attacking the tackle the way I was supposed to." And I tried it again, and I um, I used it yesterday, and it kind of worked a little little bit. So I'm like, "Okay, I see progress in this. I'm not going to throw it all the time, you know. I'm going to do what I do, but when the time comes, I'm definitely going to work that move." Saturday approaches, is this an opportunity for you to really try that cross-chop block or just, you know, try these moves that obviously going against other competition, is this an opportunity to do so? Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to be trying a few things, you know, it's, it's only right. Boy, they be asking you know, some lame questions, bro. Try, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, maybe try it again. If not, Are you going to try some moves to get past your blocker yeah, on Saturday? Nah. Throughout these games. Because of the Position changes and the transition to the NFL. You were tagged. You've been tagged as kind of a developmental type of guy. Have you risen above that? Not, not that you're still not developing, right. bigger, but if you, in your in your own expectation, have you risen above that as far as what you think you can do sooner or earlier than maybe some people might have thought? Oh man, I've always in my head, I've always been a guy that can come out and you know, you give me a chance, I'm gonna show you what I can do. So I don't, you know, say that I've risen above. Like you said, I know I still have some, I have way much growth to, to, to come to, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm still, I, I try to stay mellow throughout everything, good and bad, so. Rewinding back, to, to go from someone who catches the football to doing what you're doing, that's, I mean, it's a huge change. Like, how did you get your mind right? Like, okay, I'm giving that up, and now I'm going to do this and see how far I can. I'm a football player. I've been playing football since second, first grade, so. I've been all over the field. Um, I played safety in high school, played running back all up until high school. So I've been hitting people. I've been a physical guy. You know, I just moved around because I was trying to play football. You know, when the opportunity came that I was going to get on the field as a freshman, as a, as a wide receiver, I took it. You know, I'm trying to play football. So uh, when the opportunity came that they said, hey, we might be good at DN. I took the took that that opportunity. So I've always been a football player. I've always been physical. It just took a little time for people to see it. You got receivers going down every day. That might be the fastest route. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you about special teams, Billy. I, I feel like your combination of size and athleticism gives you an opportunity to be a forward phase like special teams. Yeah. How have you taken to it, and what have you heard from like Coach Hightower and the others about you know your ability to get on the field in, in that phase? Yeah, I've been playing ST since uh, college. I was on ST off five years. 
Um, my freshman year, as a, I didn't red shirt. That was my year that I started out on SC. So I've been doing SC for a long time, and you know I understand that SC is a part of the game and it's important. So whatever they ask for me, I do it. You know I've been moving up a little bit, doing different things, learning different things. So whatever they ask, I try to try to do it and try to do it to my best ability. Saturday signify to you the first chance to go put on a real NFL uniform playing a game? Honestly, it's crazy. Um, for me, I still haven't had that moment of I'm in the NFL, you know. And I think I was thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe it's because everything I've done in the back, in the background that nobody sees has prepared me for this moment. Um, because I, I, I'm still trying to figure out why haven't I felt this moment. You know, that, man, I'm in the NFL. Every once in a while, I, I get that feeling like, dang, this is crazy. But it's just like, it's football. Just go play football and, you know, try to do it to the best, best of your ability. So I think Saturday might be that, that first moment where it's like, oh, yeah. like, this is real. You said that you were pretty confident that you'd be able to settle in because you're kind of a boring guy and you're just going to get down to business. How have those three, four months been for you in terms of just doing what you said, just putting yourself in position so that it doesn't awe you at all? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's prepared me. Uh, you know, everything I've done, even when we went home, I took the program, came in in shape. Uh, listen to what coaches have been telling me, try to watch film and stuff. I kept a routine. That's my main thing. I, I, I ask the trainers and people, I've, I'm doing the same thing every day, in and out. I come in at the same time, go into the training room at the same time, eat breakfast at the same time, unless you know we have a lift or something. But I go home, you know, talk to my wife for a little while, come back to the hotel, you know. So it's I, I'm, I'm a routine guy. As long as I stick to that routine, I've been I've been good, so. Even if you didn't have to uh, be convinced to embrace special teams, does Hightower sell that? Is that does he is that part of his his thing to to convince you that how just how important it is or how good you could be at it? What's his tack at this part? Oh man, his he loves ST. He's an ST guy, and you know he wants the best guys on the field. He understands that ST is. It's one down. He tells us it's only one. He said, you, for offense and defense, you get three. Three downs, maybe you know, many chances to go out there and get a first down, many multiple chances to get out there and get a stop. But ST is only one. So he's like, it's just serious. You only got one opportunity to go out there and make a play. So you got you to gotta, gotta do it. You said that offensive players are, are soft. Did I hear that at the start? Man, that's what people think. That's what people think. But I'm like, I see running backs studding up linebackers and offensive line picking picking up guys coming through holes. So I'm like, you know, it is what it is. I think it was just the wide receiver part of it that they thought, you know. But that's whatever. Oh no! Like I said, I'll do anything they ask. That was Dominique Robinson. Uh, he's going to be an interesting player to see, and he's definitely going to have an uh, opportunity to make a name for himself. I think the interesting thing is that, like, bro, some of them questions they be asking are trash, bro. That man said, are you planning on trying some of the moves that you've seen Roquan Smith use to get to the quarterback? Nah, bro. I was just 
planning on just standing out there and seeing if they was gonna run me over or not. Like what? No, like come on now. Um, but interestingly enough, right? Uh, I I do want to see what Dominique Robinson is gonna be. He's a he's literally a uh, uh what's the word? Right? Like he he's that Shea McClellan type of player, right? That uh um and maybe maybe he'll be better, maybe he'll be worse, but he's that type of player where he's more of just a pure athlete and you want to see what he's going to be able to bring to the team. The difference is right. We drafted him much later in the draft than we drafted Shea McClellan. So I, I like having that guy on the team. That's just a pure athlete. That's just kind of able to do everything. That's going to be able to play multiple positions on the team. Hopefully he's able to come in and be a defense, uh, a, a solid defensive end for this bears team. And so, we're gonna see, man. We're gonna see Jay Sanders. Shea was hey, bro. Yeah, Shea was bad, bro. Shea was Shea McClellan was real bad, bro. Uh, only thing he did good was um, excuse me, didn't he break uh Aaron Rodgers' collarbone? Didn't he break like that? That's the highlight of his career, right? He breaking Aaron Rodgers' collarbone. Uh, I don't know if that's good. I ain't wishing injury on the player, but if you if anybody's gonna get injured, um. <laughs> <laughs> Mustafa said throw him in there at wide receiver no cap hey man that might that might be the move <laughs> that might be the move hey let me get back to some of you guys questions let me sift through the frying that's going on here we got steve-o and uh and and brandon and jay sanders and jose going at it uh just trying to just trying to fry each other um dalton moore Dropped a question here. Do you think the Bears will go out and grab another wide out before the regular season? They could. Um, the the question is, what kind of wide out are you looking for uh, coming into the season? Right. T. Y. Hilton was an interesting name. The kid brought up, but again, right? Do we have that guy on the roster? Right, a veteran guy, a guy that's going to be able to get it. But you're kind of, in my mind, right? If you're going to go get anybody, you're looking for a big body guy, right? Like I, I don't see us bringing in T. Y. Hilton for no reason. But a player of that type, right? I would be okay with because that's more of a one year type. Okay, we just need somebody to fill in this position this year type deal, right? I think, I think that is that is the biggest thing to me that the. Uh, um, that's the biggest thing to me that holds me from wanting to go out and get a guy like OBJ. OBJ is at a minimum a two-year move, right? Because you're not going to get him back until halfway through the season. So for me, it, it's at a minimum a two a two-way uh, 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 a two-year move if you go get a guy like OBJ. So I'd rather get somebody who's older, who's just trying to come in, make an impact real quick, not trying to be here long term, right? I, I think I think that could be interesting. Um, if you went out and maybe got a TY, but TY doesn't really have the build of a wide receiver uh that we're looking for. Uh, do you think they will get a deal done? Talking about Roquan, I'm assuming here. Um, that it's it's interesting, right? Adam Schefter just went on um the Pat McAfee show, and I haven't been able to listen to it yet. And I ain't gonna play it on here because I don't wanna I don't want Pat McAfee getting my money. Um, but uh, the the interesting thing is he basically said the Bears offered Roquan the contract the Bears offered Roquan Smith is very backloaded and there's a couple of things they asked him to do in the deal that he doesn't want to do so 
uh, the the money would have been backloaded on the deal, which makes sense, right? Like, I mean, he can make more on the back end of the deal, but very backloaded kind of makes it seem like the, he's getting most of his money at the end of that contract. There's going to be a pretty big jump there. Uh, do I think they get a deal done? Possibly. Maybe if polls moves off the backloaded part of it. Um, not all the way, right? Like you, you can't move all the way off of the backloaded part. But if you kind of even it out a little bit, maybe they get a deal done. I, I do still have a belief that the Bears get this thing done with Roquan. I think we're just good. We're just later into the process of it. Very much like Debo was. Very much like DK was, right? To where they were doing it early. They did it before training camp even started. Roquan waited till training camp. And so I feel like we're just kind of going through that same similar process that the um that the bears that that these other teams went uh that these other teams went through i should say um but hopefully we'll hey listen hopefully we'll see something from hear some news from this uh pretty soon i would assume i think last year what was it did he miss the first preseason game or something like that there were the first two or not last year's rookie year. He missed the first two, I think, and the deal got done, something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something similar to that as well. So Roquan's able to go in there and play in that first game. And then the biggest the biggest scare for me is, right, you've sat out this time, you haven't been working, you've just been on the exercise bikes, working like you're an unhealthy player. Two things. One, is Ryan Poles going to start finding this guy? That's the one thing you got to key in on. And two, is Roquan's body going to be ready for the NFL season? Of course, he keeps himself in great shape, but are you going to be ready for those hard hits that you're going to have to place and that you're going to have to take when the season gets here? And you don't want to you don't want to sign this guy to a deal and then immediately he goes down due to injury, right? So uh, those are kind of the concerns there. Um, McSeason dropping a question here. Shout out to you, McSeason. What are you hoping to see from the Bears when they play the Chiefs? Kind of talked about that. Um, just, just again, Justin going through his progression. Um, Justin going through, uh, uh, um, you know, finding his guys. Offensive line, of course. Braxton Jones at left tackle is going to be something I really focus in on. So those are just some of the things. Uh, who do you think will be that wide receiver number two? I think you're probably going to be slating Equinamia St. Brown at that position, right? Because of the because of the relationship that Mooney has with um, Justin, I think that he'll be your number one no matter what. I think EQ ends up being your number two. The, the tough part about that is I don't know if EQ is um, that good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like EQ is just ahead of the eight ball. I really feel like this, like Muggs are talking about him like he's this dominant receiver. And I'm like, he played with Aaron Rodgers for four years and Aaron was like begging. Well, I don't know, was it three years? Something like that. This is fourth year. And Aaron was like begging somebody like, please, anybody else want to take a uh, 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 a flyer or, or anybody else want to catch the ball or anybody else want to bring in a touchdown? Yeah, I'm saying. And uh, EQ wasn't one of those guys. I think he had a whole 98 yards last season. So. For me, right, like, I don't know if he's as good as a lot of people think. I think he just knows the route tree. He knows the plays. He knows where he's supposed to be. And so he's getting there, and the rest of the team hasn't gotten to that point yet. So I, I think he'll be slated as your number two, but I think that can easily be taken over by either Cole Komet if he's catching the ball or Valus Jones. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Again, Valus Jones was somebody to watch out for because he did not practice today so he might be somebody that there might be a little bit of concern around uh heading into that first game i would love to see him uh get some good run early on in that game 
Um, no, Bodie says no. Aaron ignored EQ. EQ be dropping the ball too. He did ignore. I, I'll say what, but last year he definitely ignored him. But EQ used to be dropping the ball too. Like I listen, I watched that man. He used to be like ahead of every bear on the field, and then like the ball would kind of drop. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, he dropped the ball a lot. Yeah, you know I mean, like I, I can't, I can't. Like maybe EQ does turn it into turn into this great player, and I really hope he does. But I can't just like forget that EQ was dropping the ball out. <laughs> um, what else we got going on here? As we're as we're live, man. If you guys have done so, hit that like button for your boy, man. Appreciate you guys for showing so much support and pulling up with me. Uh, we we they say the stream will continue, so there does seem to still be uh, a stream. Uh, uh, or more players coming up as I'll be live as long as there's players coming up or coaches coming up, stuff like that. And we'll be ready to react to the next one when he gets here. Um, Cache, what kind of hat is that on your head? Is that a bear? Uh, that floral design? Yeah, it is a bear's hat. It's a bear's hat. A little bear right there. Yeah, bear done. Um, I got this off 47 club, I think. Something like that. I think there's a 47 hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this off 47 club. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my hat. That's my hat. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Devontae Adams had drop problems at the beginning of the career. Who was the guy who turned him into who he is today? Getsy. All right. I'll, uh, I'll allow it. I don't know if I agree with it a hundred percent, but I'll allow it. Um, Rogers definitely had some Cutler only to Marshall moments with Adams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you, you knew what he was going to be on, right? Like you knew the guy he was going to, and I don't have a problem with that. I, and I don't even know if it means EQ is going to be good or bad, or he's just, he just wasn't utilized or whatever it is. Right. But I, I just, I, I have to see it because I've seen three years of EQ and EQ has been kind of up and down, not to say he's bad, not to say he's good, but he's been kind of up and down with this, with the, with the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and now you've got a guy who's coming into a second year trying to figure out the position and trying to figure out uh, how this offense works. So, <laughs> Steve-O, you might be giving Getsy too much glory. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I go all the way on that one with you, my guy. Um, that that would be – how do you guys feel about the Roquan deal if, in fact, it's a heavily backloaded deal? Do you feel like that's disrespectful to Roquan? Do you feel like that's disrespectful to, to what he's accomplished here? Uh, or do you feel like this is a it's, – it's kind of best-case scenario, right? Listen, if you're going into next season, you're trying to rebuild the Chicago Bears. You're trying to rebuild the Chicago Bears. You're trying to put – Multi, get fixed multiple positions on this team and fixed positions that are aging. Listen, I think the offensive line is going to be better this season, but you can't just all of a sudden believe that Michael Schofield's your answer for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's definitely, what, 32, 33, somewhere in there? Uh, Riley Reef up there as well. Uh, so there's some pieces on this line you absolutely have to replace. Cody Whitehair as well is going to be somebody that you're going to be talking about uh, replacing him. So for me, right. I, I'm again, I'll say this again. And they did just drop the thank you for watching. So that's pretty much the end of that for the bears. 
Uh, I'll say this again. The one thing that I am least worried about with the Chicago Bears is building a defense. The one thing that I'm least worried about with the Chicago Bears is building a defense. Guess what? He went out and with two picks this year, he looks like he found two guys that could be defensive player of the years just based off how their training camps have looked and just based on how they played so far in training camp. Now, of course, what's that going to look like in the real game? But I'm not worried about the defenses of this team being rebuilt. I'm worried about the offense. I'm worried about protection for Justin. I'm worried about finding weapons for Justin. And I think the thing with Roquan Smith might be that if he is expecting uh, um, the Bears to just acquiesce to any whim that he has, if he's expecting the Bears to just say, you know what, um, we we really, like, that we're never going to find another version of you. We're never going to find another dominant linebacker. You're you're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're looking at the wrong guy. That's that's not what the Bears do. The Bears find linebackers. The Bears find defensive linemen. The Bears replace these guys all the time. We always find them. So I'm not worried about that side. I'm worried about did we just find our left tackle of the future? Do we have his backup? Do we have a couple of line, are linemen on this offensive side of the ball that are going to be able to protect Justin? Are we going to be able to find weapons for Justin Fields? Those are the things that I'm worried about when I'm looking at the Chicago Bears team. I hope they get a deal done with Roquan, but if they don't, they don't. I, I don't go as far as to say linebackers have become a dime a dozen like I do with running backs. But I will go as far as saying I have confidence in the C that's on that helmet that it can build a defense. So, um, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with me, man, as the press conference has come to an end. Stay tuned throughout the season, uh, and we will have a uh, – well, <laughs> stay tuned throughout the season as well. We'll have updates throughout the season, but stay tuned throughout the day. We'll have different videos and things like that dropping as well. We'll be talking about – uh, a lot of different things and news as it breaks. As always, though, man, it's your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again. Let me get them Bear Dons in the chat before y'all get up out of here, man, because no matter what, no matter how this season goes, we are always Bears fans. We were Bears fans when the clown show of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace pulled into town. And guess what? If you're still here today, you're still a diehard Bears fan. So let me get them Bear Dons in the chat before we get up out of here, man. Barrow saying that they're going to prove everybody wrong. I love it. Bear Don from Baki. Jose with the Bear Don. Torian with the Bear Don. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about there, man. I love it. I love seeing Black Dank with the Bear Don. Shout out to, hey, Mike Nice with the Bear Don. Steve-O with the Bear Don. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. Anthony with the Bear Don. Hey, yo, Chicago. Hey, Brandon Bass. That was a fun road session. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, here's Don Burr. Don Burr in the building. Hey, Don Burr. Hey, Don Burr. What you get me if we be, if we sweep y'all? That's the question. I said you ain't got to get me nothing, so it don't matter. Uh, hey, man, appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us. Don Bird pulling up at the very end. Hey, yo, y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.